Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Let's get into the Word of God. We start a brand new series today. It is called For uh, For Unto Us. We are so excited to kick this series off. It's a short one. It's two weeks. And then we're going to gather, as Mel said, for Christmas at Lighthouse on the 19th. But I'm excited to share what God has put in my heart with you all. So go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. I'm going to read just one quick verse to you all. And then we're going to preach and unpack this together. Isaiah 7, 14 says this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought. Don't miss the sign. Don't miss the sign. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to dive into your word, to dive into what you have for us today. Father, I pray that you open up our hearts, our minds, Lord God, so that we would be ready to receive all that you have for us today. God, I pray that we block out the noise, the distraction, things that are competing for our attention. And really, Father, focus in on what your word is about to speak to us. We ask all this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands all over this tent and you may be seated. Thank you. Don't miss the sign. I think that signs are super useful, aren't they? I think that signs are super useful when they are being used. How many of you get annoyed by signs that exist and yet people don't follow the sign? Come on, is there anyone else in this tent that I'm just like, that sign's there for a reason, you ought to use it. Well, take a quick little story. Um, I, was, I was over down in Chula Vista driving the other, lay, the other day and I came to a red light and I was going to turn right and there was a car right in front of me and so she was waiting, um, looking at the traffic so that she could make a safe right turn on a red light now now she just kept looking and those cars coming so you know i'm just chilling doing my thing and she's looking and um all of a sudden uh, the light turns green and she's still looking you know and i'm just like behind her i'm like it's green it's time it's time to go so you know i th- i just thought i'd do the nice thing and give her a little heads up you know and just let her know that the light's green so i gave her a very gentle little like beep beep you know what I mean? Not, not like I didn't slam it. I didn't go, Bruh. I just was like, beep, beep. Like, it's, it's green. It's, the sign says it's time to go. And this lady lost her mind that I would nudge her and let her know that the light was green. And she's looking in the rearview mirror and she's calling me number one and all of those fun things. You know, I can, I'm reading her lips and she's saying things I can't repeat today because it's Sunday, it's the Lord's day. And she's livid. And I'm just back there, I'm like, it's green. It's green. And she's not moving. And now, I mean, I do what any other rational person would do. I'm like, look, if you ain't going to go on the green, I will go on the green. So I swerve around. You can only imagine what that began to do. It's like magically she figured out how to use her accelerator pedal all over again. You know, I'm like, you were supposed to use that about a minute ago. And all of a sudden she steps on it and she's still mad at me and go about my day. How many get frustrated when people don't follow the signs? 
I'm like, it's green. Green means go. And, and that's, some, that's some of what I want to talk to you about today um, in this thought that I am calling Don't Miss the Sign. But in order for us to get this, we got to go all the way back to the beginning. Somebody say back to the beginning. If we go back to the beginning of creation, we see the hand of God in motion. It is literally like poetry. Just God speaks and things appear. He said, let there be light. And what happened? Light appeared. God said, let the firmament in the mid, uh, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And all of a sudden there was a firmament between the waters above the sky and the waters here on earth. He, he spoke for the land to gather and to appear out of the water and land began to come together and it appeared out of water. And this happened for five beautiful days. God is creating simply by speaking and then on the sixth day it is the pinnacle of his creation he creates adam somebody say adam he creates adam he creates eve he creates them in his image and with his likeness we talked about this last week so it's a good one to go back and listen to if you missed it he gives them dominion over what he created he commands them i want you to be fruitful i want you to multiply and i want you to subdue i want you to to reign i want you to rule i want you to subdue the earth this was his command to them now now this was his original plan and the problem was that Adam and Eve decided to deviate from the plan. What God did is he gave them a free will that gave them the ability to make their own decisions. He would not force his will on them. And they made a decision that broke covenant with God. They, 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 they did the one thing God said, you can do anything, but just don't do that. Well, guess what they did? It's like that one thing. How many parents have seen this with your children as you tried to raise them? It's like, you're better off just not telling them what not to do because they're going to do what you tell them not to do. Sometimes we do the reverse psychology, right? Like, like we tell them to do it just because, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, it's like God said, just, just one thing, just one thing I'm going to ask you not to do. And, and if you do it, it's going to break covenant with him. And that's exactly what they did. They did this one thing. And when they did that one thing, it broke covenant and it just, it, it just broke relationship with him. And now there is a new plan and God has to create a new normal. A new normal isn't something that started in 2020. You know what I'm saying? Like a new normal was something that God had to deal with when his original covenant and his original plan was broken. So what God begins to do is he begins to reconcile people back to himself. He, he, he now has to fix what Adam and Eve broke. And I, and I love what happens next. And you got to get this because sometimes we think that God is a God of grace solely by what he did in the New Testament. But if you go all the way back to the garden, you actually see the grace of God. Because when Adam and Eve broke covenant with God, what God did not do was cancel them. When Adam and Eve broke covenant with God, what God did not do was condemn them. No, what we read in the scriptures is that when Adam and Eve broke covenant with God and, and, there, and, and God had to restore this relationship with them, we read that one of the first things he does is he clothes them. Somebody say he covered them. So the first thing that God does after that is he clothes them because he's in the process now of reconciling what they broke. Somebody say God is gracious. Write this down if you're taking notes. Grace didn't begin at the cross. It was personified on the cross. Grace didn't begin at the cross. It was just personified in the cross because Adam and Eve encountered the grace of God all the way back in the garden. Adam and Eve encountered the love of God all the way back in the garden. So let's just pause right here and talk about this for a moment. If Adam and Eve 
were given one simple instruction and yet they violated that and God still reconciled them back to himself. What does that say about us and the mistakes that we make? What does that say about the times that we've let God down? What does that say about the times that we've tried and we failed? All you've got to do is look at the very first people to walk this earth and realize that he is a God who will love us back to life. He is a God that does not cancel us. He is a God that does not give up on us. He is a God that will clothe us when we need to be clothed. He is a God who will cover us when we need to be covered. I wish you'd get a little more excited about this Lighthouse Church because sometimes we think that when we make a mistake and when we've messed up that God won't use us. Maybe that was your religious upbringing. Maybe it's something you've experienced in some childhood trauma, but you need to know that God is not a religious God, but he's a God of relationship. And even if you break covenant with him, he's still actively working to bring you back to him. He never stops working to bring us back to him. He never stops. He never stops. And, 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 and this is what happens here that we can learn from. Sometimes we think that our poor decision disqualifies us, and it doesn't. What, what I found, and, and, and being in church my whole life, is oftentimes the trouble we find ourselves in has a lot more to do with our poor decision than it does the devil. It really does. I mean, sometimes we give the devil way too much credit. It's the devil. No, he had nothing to do with that. That's the boy that your mama said to stay away from, but you didn't listen to the mama, okay? So, so the problem that you find yourself in right now has nothing to do with the devil. It has everything to do with you making a poor decision. Sometimes the position we find ourselves in right now is because we just didn't seek God about it. We just dove into something, didn't pray about it, and now we're in a bad place. Maybe the place that we find ourselves in right now is because we were hanging around that group of people, those group of kids that your dad said they're no good for you. And then we're like, Dad, you're never going to believe the devil. No, it wasn't the devil. You just made a very bad decision. And, and that's really what happened with Adam and Eve. They, they made a bad decision. Yes, you can say the devil came and tempted them, but don't forget who had dominion over them. He gave them dominion, but they, they, they went ahead and traded that in. And so it was a poor decision that they made, and yet we see that God was still their Lord. And that's what I love about it. Even though they broke covenant with God, God did not ever stop being their God. All throughout the Old Testament, we see that he continued to move forward in relationship with those who wanted a relationship with him. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you got to want a relationship with him. Because even before there was a cross, we read in the Bible that Abraham believed God. And what happened? It was counted to him for righteousness. Calvary hadn't even happened yet. Jesus hadn't even been crucified on a cross yet. And all Abraham had to do was believe it. If he believed it made him righteous. Esther believed that was her righteousness. David believed God. He accomplished incredible things. Solomon believed God, and he accomplished incredible things. What are you saying, Pastor Josh? What I am saying is that in this new normal that God had to create as a result of the garden, he was still their God. He was still their Lord, and he was still for his people, for those who sought him. Now let's get to this passage of scripture here in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. God speaks um, through the prophet. The prophet speaks to King Ahaz, and he tells King Ahaz what we read in this verse right here. It says that, uh, let me pull it up one more time. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Somebody say a sign. He will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive, and his name will be called Emmanuel. 
And I love this, and I love this prophecy, but, but let me just exegete this scripture here for a moment. I really want to bring some things out here in this scripture. God said this, that a virgin would give birth, and this would be a sign. Somebody say a sign. But that's it. It's a sign. It's just a sign. Now, now think about this for a second. This is like a marvel in medical, you know, this is something that if this ever happened today, that person would be the main event. If this ever was to happen again, the medical community would be buzzing. If this ever happened again, this would blow up and make national news. But when Mary, who shouldn't have even gotten pregnant, got pregnant, God says that's just going to be the precursor to what's to come. That event, as miraculous as it is, is just a sign. So, so what is a sign? I looked it up. This is the definition of a sign. It's an object, quality, or event whose presence or occurrence indicates the probable presence or occurrence of something else. And what is that something else? This is what the writer said. Emmanuel. Somebody say God with us. So what happened with Mary is it was a sign that pointed to the greater miracle. And that greater miracle is that God would be with us. And I love that because I'm not even sure if they understand what that really meant. I'm not sure if they understood the fullness of that statement that God would physically come and be here with us. Hundreds of years before the event happens, the prophet is being told God is coming. And his spirit is, and, and, and he is going to abide here on earth with us. And, and God, and this isn't the only place we saw this, but throughout Old Testament prophecy, we just see God speaking. And anyone who had an ear to hear, we began to hear that they, they would hear God's promises. They would hear God's word. They would hear the prophecy. And what I love about all of this, and, and what is so powerful about this statement, the fact that Emmanuel would be God with us is this, is that everything that Adam did to mess up humanity did not cancel the plans of God and you need to check that for just a moment everything that Adam did to make a mess did not cancel the plans of God and when the prophet said God is coming what he was getting ready to do is he was getting ready to upend the mess that Adam made when he upended God's plans if you're taking notes write this down you are not big enough to cancel God's plans for you <laughs> You are not big enough to cancel God's plans for you. Adam made a mess, but the plans of God moved forward in spite of the mess that Adam made, and God was able to clean up that mess and still use it for his glory. So, so if you've ever made a mistake, if you've ever done something that you weren't supposed to do, just realize that you are not that big. I, I know we'd like to think we can stop the plan of God. I know we'd like to think we can outwill the will of God. I know we like to think that, that, you know, my platform is just so big and, 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 and really um, I influence God. He doesn't influence me. That, that we got to be careful with the amount of self-absorbed, you know, living and, and, and an influence we think we have. And, and sometimes I hear in the church that someone makes a mistake and, and, and maybe because you've been taught that or you've thought that, but you think that God's plans for you are canceled. Baby girl, let me tell you, it just ain't that important. Enough to cancel God's plans. I mean, he, he's got plans for this world, and he's got plans for humanity. He's got plans for this city. And you think that you're big enough to all of a sudden stop it? Like, like you think that what you did can cause God to stop it? Ah, man. Okay, well, this ain't going to happen. Time to rewire this. No. 
God will keep on moving in spite of you. I mean, he wants you to be a part of it, but what you need to know that as long as you're willing to keep moving forward, God will keep moving forward with you. And, and we need to know this and we need to grab a hold of this because sometimes we feel like because I made a misstep, because I made a mistake, all of a sudden that's going to cancel it. And God's like, I'm still here. Tell your neighbor he's still here. I'm still here. It's like when we talk, sometimes if somebody makes a mistake and we talk to them, we try to bring them counsel. The, 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 the point of counsel and the point of, of, of pastoring is to get them back to the place where they are reconciled and they are restored, which means we're still going to go back to the thing that God called you to do. And I, and I didn't grow up in a system like that. I grew up in a religious system where it said, well, if you made a mistake, then that's off the table and you can only do this now. It's like you can never preach again, but you can mop. You can mop, okay? That's that. You can mop. You can be the janitor, all right? But you can't do ministry. And, and I've always struggled with that. You know, because, I mean, I'm looking at the Bible, and if you read your Bible, like, people would mess up, like, mess up, mess up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what? Like how bad did they mess up? I don't know. They just, like, killed somebody. <laughs> and God still used them. Nah, I wouldn't say you'd give it a shot and try that out. That's not what I'm saying, but... but but all throughout the scriptures, and it's sometimes it's like, you know, we ignore the text. We ignore the stuff. I mean, what I love about the Bible is the Bible is messy. Have you, have you read that stuff? I mean, have you dig in and you're like, ah, like this really happened and yet God was present. And yet God used it. Emmanuel, what I love this, when, when the prophet said, Emmanuel, that God would be with us, what it was saying is that Adam didn't make such, a mis- make such a mess that God refused to step in it. God will step right in the middle of your mess if he needs to. He is not afraid of your mess. I, I've just seen this play out so many times where you see something and you're just like, oh, Lord, have mercy. This person got themselves into some trouble. They've got themselves into a mess. And then I see God on the other side of it. And it's like, oh, my Lord, the fact that God could still move in that situation, the fact that God could still move in that circumstance, the fact that God could take that mess, step into it, redeem it. And when all is said and done, you can't help but think only God could do that. It was only the grace of God that could have touched that situation. It was only the grace of God that could have turned that thing around. It was only the grace of God. And so when the prophet is speaking and is saying that God is coming, what I love about that is what it is telling us is that God is going to come and fix this mess that Adam made. And I don't know about you, but I've got some stuff in my life that needs fixing. I've got some mess in my life that needs fixing. Our word for 2022 is going to be deeper. Somebody say deeper. I have told God, I want you to so deeply form me that it will challenge everything that I thought about you before. I want you to so deeply form me that I am willing to reevaluate everything I thought and believe if it means it gets me to be more like you. And not a lot of us are willing to do that because you're afraid of hurting your parents' feelings. I mean, do you want God to deeply form you? Do you want God to do a deep work on the inside of you? And, and, and here I am. I mean, I was baptized 30 years ago, and yet I'm still saying, God... I want to know you better. God, I want you to deeply form me. God, I will walk away from everything if it was wrong. Who am I going to offend in the process? It doesn't matter. 
I want God to do a deep work in me. And this is why I'm praying that God would do a deep work in Lighthouse Church. I mean, this is nothing like out of the blue. I mean, isn't this what Paul said when he said, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching ahead to what's before me, I press towards the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. If Paul would say that, who are we not to say that? But, 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 but I'm willing to allow God into every nook and cranny in my life if that's what it takes to know him better. If that's what it takes to become more like him, because I don't know about you, but I want to become more like Jesus each and every day. Is there anyone else in this tent that wants to be more like Jesus each and every single day? So we get to this place now and, and, and all around the, the country, I think pastors are preaching this sermon and highlighting Mary and highlighting her decision. And I'm not saying I'm trying to undercut it, but just realize it was just a sign. Like it was the warm-up act. You know what I'm saying? It was the undercard to the main event. There was something bigger that was coming. And Mary, we, we thank you, but, but Mary, all God really needed was your yes. Somebody say a yes. That, that's really all God was looking for out of Mary. The Bible says when the angel shows up and Gabriel appear, appears to Mary and he begins to tell her that she's blessed and she's highly favored and he begins to say all of these things to her. It's crazy because all he's looking for is like, will you just say yes and, and, and put this up. Sometimes all God needs is your yes. God doesn't need your education. He just needs your yes. God, God doesn't need your experience. He just needs your yes. God doesn't need your influence as if your 1,000 followers was going to move him to use you. I mean, like, that's cool. Good for you. He just needs your yes. God comes to Mary and is like, I'm sorry, God sends his angel to Mary and is like, I just need your yes. And, and, and what does Mary do? She gives him her yes. And, and, and I pray today that some of you would be moved to give God your yes. I pray today that some of you that are here today who have not yet totally surrendered to God, that you would have that same posture of just saying yes. Mary didn't need to have a plan. She just needed to say yes. Mary didn't need to know what God was going to do six months from now. I mean, Mary didn't say, okay, now hold on a second. If I'm going to carry this baby, I mean, what do I tell my mom? That's not what she said. She didn't say, where am I going to have this kid? That's not what she said. I appreciate Mary. Mary's unlike most women that I know who need all the details before they can make a decision. <laughs> not my wife, but I'm talking about other women. You know what I'm saying? Like, like... Like, you know, it's like, I need to know the plan. I need to know, you know, when. Uh, give me details. Like, Mary's just like, you going, what? Okay. What does she say? Be it unto me according to your will. That's old English for, yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. I, I wonder if God held back the details on purpose. I wonder if God said, you're going to carry this baby. Ain't nobody going to throw you a baby shower. There ain't going to be no baby sprinkle. Okay, you ain't going to be chilling on a Saturday, sipping mimosas with your cousin Elizabeth, celebrating the arrival of this baby. No, you're going to have to hide the fact that this baby's going to be born. You have to go into hiding because the king's going to try and come and kill your baby. I wonder if he didn't tell her the details that Jesus, her, her son who would come, was going to be born in a manger. Like, like, what would that have done to her faith if he would have told her, you're going to carry my child and you're going to give birth in a barn? How many women would it be? You know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes God just spares you the details because he knows 
you wouldn't go with him on that journey if you knew the details. He, he, sometimes he spares you the details because he knows that if you knew what was going to happen, it would absolutely scare you. Because I've been there before where I've given God my yes, and what happened afterwards was nothing that I wish that I'd ever have to endure. And, and I thank God that he didn't give me the details because what he needed was just my yes. And in the difficulty that happened post that decision, when you get to the other side of that, you see the hand of God and you would say, I would do it all over again, knowing now what I didn't know then. It's the plan of God. It's the process of God. It's how God works if you don't miss the sign. Because the sign is telling you to go, but if you miss the sign, you don't go, and you're going to miss out on what God is doing. And, 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 and I love how Mary just simply said yes, and I think there's some of you here today that God just wants your yes. But what about tomorrow? God just wants your yes. But what about a month from now? God just wants your yes. But, but I, was, I was born in a different religion. God just wants your Yes. But, but what does this do for my marriage? God just wants your yes. What is this going to do for my home? God just wants your yes. You give God your yes. See what he does. You give God your yes. Watch how he begins to turn things around. And the things that you thought were immovable, God will move it like he is blowing a leaf with wind. I mean, it's just nothing to God. He can just move things around and shift things around because he's God. You just say yes. This is last verse that I want to read, and I'm coming to a close now. It's in Isaiah 9, 6. Let's get to the main event, right? Because Mary is just a sign, okay? Mary's just a, the prophet said, that's just going to be a sign. That's just letting you all know. But let's get to the main event. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And as I said earlier, the miraculous virgin birth of Jesus, it was just a sign that pointed to who he was and what he was getting ready to do in humanity for all of eternity. You guys realize that his birth and his life and Calvary, the cross was an event in time, but has implications completely outside of time, right? I mean, what he did at the cross, forgive the sins of the past, the sins of the present and the sins of the future. What he did was a moment in time that transcended time. And this is why as miraculous as a virgin birth was, it was just pointing to him. It was pointed to the fact that God Almighty was getting ready to step back into our story to redeem us and to bring him back to himself once again. And I'm just so grateful that he did that. Can I get a good amen in this tent? If you're grateful that he saw fit to do that. He steps into our story and he brings us back to himself. What Adam got wrong, Jesus got right. Where Adam made a misstep, God comes in and he puts it right back in the way that he had always intended for it to be. Now, I'm going to close with, with this right here. I think that every year when I think about Christmas and I think about December, I think about everything that we get to do. It's, it's once again, God putting a sign in front of us to bring us back to this place where we remember his birth and the life that he lived. But I think a lot of us miss the sign. I mean, it's easy to look back and say, well, they should have known that it was the Messiah. I mean, a virgin was carrying a baby. Like if I was back then, I would have believed but yet every single December, you forget. But every year we're given this gift, this reminder, and we could miss the sign. I mean, how many people lose their peace at this time of year? You know what I'm saying? 
Like, we sing about peace and people are losing their peace. Spending money they don't have. Fighting with relatives over who's going to bring what dish. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. The value of the white elephant gift. I mean, crazy. You know, like, like losing our peace over who you got on the secret Santa. Sometimes we lose our joy. I mean, some people dread the fact that you got to see your cousin on the 25th. The one who still owes you money that you know he ain't bringing. And and you somehow got to show up with a smile on your face. And you got to somehow show up and be cordial with your broke cousin. You know what I'm saying? It's like you got to show up and you got to have to fake it. And there's, and there's the pressure that we deal with in the month of December, the pressure to buy gifts that we can't afford for children who want you more than they want your gift. Maybe you'd give them the gift because it was easier. Maybe you just prefer to give them the gift because it asks less of you, even though it's not within your budget. You get what I'm saying? I know you're like, wow, Pastor Josh, tell us how you really feel about Christmas. None of that is how I feel. None of that is how I feel. But all of that is what I've seen. All of that is what I've seen people experience. And I'm praying, Lighthouse Church, that this December, we don't miss the sign. I'm praying that you don't lose your peace. I'm praying that you don't lose your joy. I'm praying that the crazy don't bring the crazy out in you. You know what I'm saying? We got to recenter our lives around the significance of what it is that we're celebrating in the weeks and the days to come. I mean, the main event, his birth, don't miss it. The, you know, growing up, there's going to be a little TMI, and I'm going to land it with this. But, but you know, growing up in a you know, pe- pretty much Pentecostal holiness church, you get a lot of degrees of, like, holiness in the holiness church. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I thank God that I had some really normal, really <laughs> normal grandparents and parents. But I, I remember as I got old enough to start realizing there's a lot of crazy in the church when I would tell people like, yeah, you know, we're going to go celebrate Christmas. You celebrate Christmas. That's a pagan holiday, you know, and all of a sudden people are condemning me and, you know, condemning my family and you shouldn't have a tree. The Bible speaks against it. It doesn't. <laughs> it's like, like you start getting all of this crazy, crazy stuff, right? And I remember seeing some of the crazy in the church. But can I tell you what Christmas was for my family and why I never understood that level of crazy? Every time we would get together with my family on the 25th, we would do the normal stuff, right? We would get together. We would share a meal. We would laugh, you know, over things that are barely even funny. You get what I'm saying? But let me my cousin. But we would laugh, laugh. You know what I mean? Like recalling movies, recalling comedy specials, just like having a blast. And then inevitably... My uncle would get on my aunt's piano and he would start playing Christmas carols. And all of a sudden, the aunties and the uncles and the cousins, we all get around the piano and we start singing Christmas carols. And it's really, really nice. But then it transitions into worship. And now we're singing songs like, Oh, come let us adore him. And to worship you, I live. And, and all of a sudden, there at Christmas for my family, tears are being shed as we're beginning to worship God together. And then my grandfather, who's now in heaven, would get up and he would start praying for the sick. We would start praying for marriages. We would start praying for children. And so this was Christmas to me. I thank God for my grandparents 
and my family who always put Jesus right back in the middle of what we were doing, which is why when people said you shouldn't celebrate Christmas, I'm like, I don't know what y'all do in your house, <laughs> but in my house, like, it's church, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's tears, like mascara running, like ugly crying. I mean, it's on, and we know, like, don't you be showing up to grandpa's house drunk, you know what I mean? Like, he'll cast the devil out you, you know what I mean? Sometimes, like, my cousins that were struggling, they were far from God. They'd come and smell like marijuana. Guess who you think was first to be prayed for? I mean, they're, like, exercising demons, you know? Habits are being broken, addictions, I mean, pleading the blood of Christ. I mean, we threw down, you know what I'm saying? That was my Christmas that I remember. And we always kept Christ right in the middle of what we're doing. I'm not saying you got to do that. Maybe you should. <laughs> to that same degree. No, I'm kidding. Um, but don't miss the sign. Don't, don't, don't miss it. D- don't miss the sign. See what God is doing. Keep him in the center of everything that's going on. Don't lose your joy this Christmas. Don't lose your peace this Christmas. Don't lose, you know, just, just uh, stand to your feet right now. Just after Friday night. I really felt like the enemy was messing with my my peace and my home and my son got really, really sick on Friday night. And it's like I just knew like, oh, I I know what this is. You start making declarations about taking territory and equipping leaders and releasing the church and that'll agitate the enemy really quick. And I just began to feel like our peace being messed with in our home through our children. and, and, And I identified it really quick and my wife, she's just so anointed. She broke out oil. We prayed and believed and God did a work. But like, all I'm saying is, I just know that the enemy would like to take your peace. He would like to take your joy. He would like to take his presence out of this month. And don't let him do it, Lighthouse Church. Come on. Don't let him do it. Let's pray. Father, the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that you are doing in this house. We thank you, God, for your presence that is here. I thank you, God, for how you are moving. My prayer right now in your name, Lord God, is that someone would say yes today. Of all the things that we've talked about, we've had fun, we've laughed, but we've also looked at your scriptures and we've considered what you said. And I just pray, God, that someone's disposition would change. Maybe there's somebody here right now that's been on the fringes of church and the fringes of a relationship with you. Maybe there's somebody here that's been a skeptic, and I just pray today that they would lose that skepticism and just say yes. I pray right now that someone would just make a decision to follow you. I pray that someone right now would make a decision that this month would not look like the months that it's looked like in years past where things got crazy and things got out of hand and and, and it felt like there was so much pressure and it felt like there was no peace during this time of the year. I pray that that would not be our experience this year here at Lighthouse Church. God, we want your peace, your love, your joy your presence, Lord God. We need to feel that more than anything else that we feel in this holiday season, God. But again, one more time, Father, I pray that today somebody would say yes. In your name we pray. Amen. Lighthouse Church, this is the last thing I'm going to do. I would love to invite you to say yes. If you've never said yes to Jesus, and maybe you just heard it a little different today than you've heard it before. If Mary could say yes, you could say yes. And if you've never said yes, I'm going to invite you to make that decision today to take that next step in your faith journey and simply say yes to Jesus. Or maybe for some of you, you're saying yes again. You were brought here. Maybe it was the cars. Maybe it was an invite, coffee. It's December. You got to go to church. Whatever the reason you find yourself here. Maybe God is calling you to recommit and to say yes again. So I'd like to pray for you right now. If you need to say yes for the first time or if you need to say yes again, I'm going to invite you to do that. I'm going to ask every eye to close. I'm going to ask every head to bow just for the privacy and the respect of those that are getting ready to make this life-changing decision. 
But if you'd like to say yes for the first time, or if you'd like to say yes again, throw that hand up real loud, real proud on the count of three. One, two, three. Throw that hand up. Throw the hand up. Come on. I see you. I see you. I see you. Throw that hand up. Thank you. Keep that hand up right now in the name of Jesus. We pray over every person that's raised their hand. God, more importantly than raising their hand, they've raised their faith. And they are saying yes to you. Yes to you again. God, we want to know you at a deeper level. I pray, God, that you would help us to cut past the superficiality. For every person that is saying yes for the first time, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would help them to walk away from those things that have been holding them back from knowing you. They say yes, and as they step into the unknown, I believe that you're going to guide them day by day, step by step. You're going to lead them closer to you, and you're going to lead them home. Believe, Father, that as they say yes, that they are saying yes to you as their Savior. They're saying yes to a new beginning. They're saying yes to a fresh start. They're saying yes to all things new. Forgive them, Lord God, of all the sins of the past as they run towards the things that are ahead. And we celebrate alongside them today, believing, God, that today is the day that they made a fresh start. Today is a new beginning. And today is the best part of what is to come. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, every hand raised. Let's just worship together. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.